2: Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring, at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast. Are we getting Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 35? I'm Ollie Davis. This is the other one, Luke Owen. And welcome to the Wrestle Ramble review of last night's Elimination Chamber. A review that I loved. No, not a review I loved, but I'm sure I will. A pay per view that I absolutely adored. I thought it was a terrific show all the way through. I'm just choosing to ignore that. Baron Corbin Braun Strowman match and that weird wait Lacey Evans thing Uh, but apart from that we have I know you're going to say Finn Balor, Leo Rush, Bobby Lashley but Finn Balor's the Intercontinental champion now I'm focusing on that result I'm focusing on the Sasha Banks and Bayley becoming the inaugural women's tag team champions and the last seven minutes of that match rather than the iffy first 20 minutes I think this
3: was a great show I would agree with you. I thought that. Why the, are you being so negative? I thought that the opening chamber, particularly towards the end, was very good. Mm. Bit ropey at the start, but by the end, very good. Um, and I thought the closing chamber was excellent. Very good. Absolutely match. excellent. Probably one of the better Chamber matches, if not possibly the best Chamber match, because I thought the crowd was so good, and I thought the way the they structured the match so well for the Kofi Kingston story, which I thought was just wonderful. However, I thought the stuff in between wasn't particularly great. Like, I thought the, the Miz-Shane McMahon match was, like, good for a TV match. I thought the, the, I mean, the angle with Becky was awesome, but... The match that came before it was pointless. Well, it was never. It was never a match. Well, then, then why it do it? It was always an angle. Then why do it? Because you can't just have a wrestling Ruby angle. Um, and I thought the the Braun Corbin thing. Oh yeah, yeah, good. Like that never ended. I'm pretty sure it's still happening. That's objectively terrible. It was, I think yeah, we can all agree that yeah. was bad. And the uh, the the Balor Bobby thing. I think I'm just bitter because I talked myself out of picking balor uh to to go with the win perhaps that's where i am also like yay finn is champion i could have sworn he'd won it previously to be honest but yay finn is champion but it's a belt that means nothing and it, it feels like this, it, if, if we're going to be doing something with Balor as champion, we need to do something with him as, as champion. Like, I feel like I say this all the time. He needs to come out on Raw and issue the Open Challenge. Like, we need to need to get that ball rolling and just keep having really good... If this leads to great Finn Balor matches on TV every week, I'm all for it. But, like, what about the Intercontinental Championship has shown us over the last year that it means something?
2: Well, sometimes the man makes the belt. But we can say sometimes the chase makes the man. In the case of Kofi, and Segway. this really was that like Elimination Chamber, really was about Kofi's story. As mm. great as the Banks and Bailey moment was when they won the belts, and that that really was a really nice bit. And we'll come on to that. For me, and I think for everyone else, it's this absolutely incredible Kofi Kingston comeback story. It's a, it's a difficult thing to say because it's not like he's. He's gone away ever, and it's never like he was in the main event to begin with. So it's not a comeback story. It's just like late in his career, he's having a... What do you call it? Like A, a
3: career resurgence. Yeah, career resurgence. But it kind of is a comeback story at the same time because he's never went away but he went away to the mid-card he went away i mean granted you could say he never left it mm. but like he's been in this 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 mid-carder for life and then he's been in this tag team division for you know the last four or five years whatever it is that new day have that have been a, an act so it kind of does feel a little bit like a comeback story because all of a sudden the la- where were these kofi kingston fans two weeks ago they were like begging for a, for a kofi kingston wrestlemania main event like they, they didn't exist two weeks ago now we've got loads of them and the there's a reason why is because Kofi's great, and we're all sitting there going like, "Yeah, he was good, wasn't he? Yeah, I completely forgot that Kofi was an amazing wrestler, and could tell really good stories in the ring, and that's where these t- these two weeks of or this week of I'm an hour Kofi Kingston Mark has has come back, and it's I I think that it's so it is kind of a comeback story. It's amazing that WWE have created.
2: One of their most emotionally engaging stories. So I was trying to think about the last time I was this emotionally invested in a WWE storyline. And it was when Dean Ambrose turned on Seth Rollins. As whether that was the right decision or not, I think in hindsight, it wasn't. That night after the Roman Reigns Zucchini announcement, there was a lot of high emotion there. And I was very, very invested in the Dean-Seth storyline. But here you've got, yeah, Kofi is just really connected with all the fans and like you said great crowd in Texas yeah. throughout the throughout the night like they're not going to cheer for stuff that's no reason to cheer for like the Braun and baron stuff but when they were into stuff they were so into it and it was amazing and the and Kingston got a large share of that that applause and it's because everyone believed in him so much just 6 days ago this wasn't even a thing yeah. it was it was going to be Mustafa rally in there likely Mustafa rally Running the gauntlet and and having that terrific showing, but he got in. He got injured. He was replaced by Kofi, and now he's like the, the So the show closes. Kofi outlasts everyone to be in there with Daniel Bryan, and they have just this terrific final fifteen minute finale to the chamber
3: match. So good. Sort of. Sort of. So uh, good.
2: Like the. With the Elimination Chamber 2011, when it went on with Edge and Rey Mysterio for ages, which we're reviewing for our Patreon podcast at the moment. Something I I wasn't a fan of, but everyone else at the time really praised. I'm a fan of in hindsight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really like that bit. But this, like this bit, what was was way better than that was for me. I thought that Kofi and Bryan had a really really great singles match. That just so happened to be inside a chamber after an elimination chamber match.
3: It's it's almost like uh, the the Shawn Michaels Undertaker uh, Royal yeah, Rumble yeah, finish, yeah. where essentially they they just stopped having a Royal Rumble match and just had a match at, yeah. uh, in the middle of a Royal Rumble or at the end of a Royal Rumble. I th- I thought that the Kofi thing was just was wonderful. Like it was it was so good. And you're, you're right. It's like it so emotionally investing in this storyline. It was just tremendous to watch. And it's funny. I was thinking about this. Like. I kind of, you know, I wish it could have been Mustafa Ali. It sucks for him that he got injured. Yeah. But at the same time, would that crowd have been so emotionally invested in that match if it was Ali? I think we're more emotionally invested in it because it's Kofi and because. It's eleven years in the making. It's eleven years that people have been like, "We'd love to see a Kofi Kingston main event." Thought we're going to get one in two thousand nine and or wherever it was, and that just fell by the wayside. And ever since then, he's just fallen off into obscurity—not obscurity, yeah—the tag team wasteland that is WWE. And so now that he's getting this main event push, I was like, "Yes." Here it is at long long last. So I think that's why the crowd was because as soon as he came out huge chance of Kofi oh, like yeah. I'd argue he got one of the bigger reactions of like all six guys that came out and that includes Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy and Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. Kofi Kingston was the one that got the big reaction <laughs> and the crowd chanting Kofi popping massively for the near falls. I went into this match knowing that Daniel Bryan was winning. I didn't I I would I convinced myself Kofi's never winning this match. So the near falls aren't really going to affect me. But they did affect me, and this crowd—it never felt like one person there thought like well, Daniel Bryan's winning. They all went. And they were like Kofi could win this. Yeah. Kofi could faux show sure win this.
2: It's it's weird how just even even after Tuesday. I was like, well, it will be a nice thing. Kofi can have a good showing in the chamber and then maybe gets a, a fart-slaying match out of That's it. That's what I figured, yeah. <clears throat> but no way should he be going for the WrestleMania title, like the title at WrestleMania. And now after this match, that last 15-minute showdown with Daniel Bryan and the closing image of Elimination Chamber, well, I think it was a few shots before the closing image, was Kofi sitting down on the steps uh, of the chamber with Biggie and Xavier either side of him biggie too big to actually fit on the steps he's his butt was half off yeah and they're both saying to him like that signaling to the crowd noise around them saying thank you kofi like that's for you you did this and you've got the wrestlemania 35 sign in the background wwe know what they're doing that's that's foreshadowing the wrestlemania 35 sign is such a big feature in everything around this time of the year Ronda Rousey's pointing at it, Charlotte's pointing at it. So when they show that there, that's not just like, oh, this will be a cool shot. This is, huh, let's set up a few different ways we can go with this. And I can't believe I'm saying this. I think you go with the grain here. You follow that momentum. You had the idea or I don't know where you got it from, of the straight veg society. So Daniel Bryan, Eric Rowan, and then you bring Luke Harper back to make that a threesome. And then you have them versus the New Day at Fastlane, maybe have the New Day go over. And then you can have that singles match between Bryan and Kingston... At, uh, at WrestleMania. Maybe
3: make that the stipulation. If New Day can beat them, mm. Kofi gets the WrestleMania match. That's a great that's a great story. Yeah. And like, I think sort of like the start of this year, we, we've been saying on the show, like I can definitely see them doing Daniel Bryan versus Mustafa Ali at WrestleMania, like building that as a big WrestleMania match. But you, the, you've hit the nail on the head. This is one of those moments where WWE need to ride that, ride that wave of momentum. It's easy for you to say. Ride that wave of momentum. And just not be like, oh, yeah, but we did have other plans. Like, so let's not go with that now. It's like, no, forget that. Like, scrap the plans that you, hello, scrap those plans that you thought you might go with. Go with this, because this is working right now. Yeah, because you could, WWE, given their track record,
2: could easily go one of these two ways. You could have, uh, do what we said, and they go with the uh, momentum. or, Or the next night on SmackDown, the new day are back in the tag division and it was a good showing. That's Kofi exactly. made them believe and then Mustafa <laughs> Ali comes back and people are, aren't going to like Mustafa Ali being inserted in this in he this storyline now. Spot. Because they want Kofi. Yeah. It's not that we don't want want Ali in that spot anymore. It's just that really
3: we're now invested in this story. Don't just cut it off. Keep going with that momentum. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I was even thinking then, like on SmackDown, New Day come out and they cut this promo about like, hey, Kingston, you gave it a really good show. And he's like, yeah, but you know what? I really want to win those tag team titles. I think we should get into a feud with the Usos again. Fresh.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's. uh, But I mean, I'm really hoping because SmackDown have been doing such good work recently and the way uh, Elimination Chamber was framed. I, I, I keep coming back to that. That thought of what you said where would we be into Mustafa Ali and and we would we would but it's just a different kind of a a different kind of into because Ali is this young up and comer and they told a great story when they first debuted him back in this December on on Smackdown and and have done since then that's been a really really good character arc he's still got that pinfall victory over Brian but now you've got Kofi in here it's a different kind of passion because it it does feel like the Logan end. This this isn't like this is an X Men uh, first class where you're like oh the young the young you guys are yeah, coming yeah. up. This is the grizzled vet. But
3: that's not really Kofi. But it's more it's more in that that range. I, I see what I see what yeah. you're, saying you're coming from here. It's I mean it's not in the same vein, but it's the Kurt Angle story that you wanted them to tell on Raw, which is the you know Kurt Angle's final run. What this needs to be is like this is Kofi's first run. The, the, mm. r- the first run that we've been that he's been waiting eleven years to get, and you can just build all of these promo packages in the build up to WrestleMania of like showing him in his early days, showing him on ECW, yeah. it's making me crazy, and and all this sort of nonsense, and you can like really build that up and just tell this incredible story of. Kofi Kingston on this eleven-year journey to the WWE Championship versus the man who is holding the WWE Championship hostage because he's Captain Planet and he's the Planet's Champion and he's going to be the champion forever and that's what he's focused on. He doesn't even care about this eleven-year journey and the new, the new day when they go serious. Oh, those could be
2: those could be great promo battles alone. Mm-hmm. Like take aside the, the in-ring product, like that could just be a great feud based on the promo work. How old do you think? Kofi
3: Kingston is. I just looked it up. I'm
2: going to say... 100, right? He's, he's been <laughs> wrestling for about 80 years on gonna, Raw and Smackdown. I'm going to
3: guess mid to late 30s. Well, yeah, you're kind of exactly right. He's oh, really? 37. Oh, okay. Yeah,
2: so... But he feels... Younger than that. Yeah, well, he feels both younger and older. Older, yeah. It's, it's a weird. It feels like he's been around the mid-card for so long that you almost forget he's there. It's like, again, you said... The crowd kind of forgot that we love him so much. It's kind of Dolph Ziggler has maybe jumped the shark on this, but that used to be where Dolph Ziggler was That's at, exactly and right, he yeah. he was flattened out, and then he'll get a push, and everyone'll be like, "Oh my God, Dolph Ziggler's amazing!" I forgot about this, but then they did that too many times, and we've been exhausted by those kinds of pushes. But
3: here, like, so glad he got that number thirty spot of the Royal Rumble yeah. or whatever it was.
2: But Batista, when Batista started getting his like main event run he was he was like thirty five yeah yeah like Kofi isn't past it for a long shot he
3: could have a legit five years at the top there a j styles is forty two yeah oh no totally like age now is not what it used to be mm. sort of back in the day the the example I always used to give is that. Like, British Bulldog, when he returned to the WWF in, like, 99 and 2000, he was sad. It was a sad sight to see the Bulldog that way. And he was there in his Wrangler jeans, and he just looked rubbish. He's the same age there that Finn Balor is now. And you're like... Finn Balor doesn't he like he feels like a guy that's in his twenties, mm. you know, because he's still go and he's I'm pretty sure he's older than Kofi is, or he might be around. Keep maybe, talking, I'll have a look. Thank you very much. Google Things Live on air. Or they're roughly around the same age. It doesn't matter that Kofi's in his late thirties now, because as you said, AJ's forty two. They Warner, are the same age. Yeah, they're the same age. Bobby Roode's in his forties. You know what I mean? It's like it Finn Balor's older. Is really? By a month. Oh, bless him. What do you look at that?
2: Yeah, it's just I, I, yeah. The crowd are so organically into Kofi. I can't believe I'm saying this. And it's just, it's they, crazy they've just done such
3: a good job. This is just six days. Yeah, of of storytelling. It's funny as well. I was thinking about this. You know when we did our prediction show for twenty nineteen and we were looking for like outlandish predictions for twenty nineteen? If someone had said in that prediction, oh Kofi Kingston's gonna get a big run mm-hmm. in twenty nineteen, and like you're possibly gonna be talking about him main eventing WrestleMania you quote main eventing WrestleMania with Daniel Bryan, I'd have been like, that's an outrageous claim. Because we've been conditioned to believe Kofi is in the new day he's in that tag team scene and he's there until the end of time he's a WWE lifer there's yeah. no worry of him going anywhere but he's just going to be there and you're going to enjoy him regardless and now here we are like six days removed from an episode of Smackdown where I'm like Kofi Kingston should be in that main event wrestle- uh, of main e- quote main event of Wrestlemania one of the main events of Wrestlemania one of the 20 one main of the, events or they're all main events your in, uh, main WWE. events or the pre-show <laughs> or Finn Balor's match yeah and um so it it's just ride this wave ride this wave all the way to Wrestlemania go with the grain don't go against it and just like and the crowd will be so into it come Mm. Wrestlemania and that could end up being one of the bigger like loudest reactions on the night of people believing Kofi Kingston could win the WWE championship at Wrestlemania and that's kind of like based on the crowd reaction could be as loud as Becky winning the belt
2: yeah yeah, like WWE don't have many properly overstars. They haven't done for years. It's just all the part timers who have left, and now you're starting to get Becky. You've got Brian, and I get Seth's not even at that level anymore. He's dipped down. So when you get something that just lands on your lap with Kofi, or something that you know, full credit to WWE, they've managed to create this. Just go with it. Like you don't get many chances at having such an organically over storyline like this. Yeah.
1: A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times.
2: The only match on the kickoff show Was Buddy Murphy Taken on Akira Tozawa Surprise surprise Luke They had Outside of Daniel Bryan And Kofi Kingston's Last 15 minutes Of the Chamber main event The best in ring
3: match Of the show 100% Like yeah Who'd have thunk it, eh? That these yeah. two would have possibly the best match of the evening outside of the two chamber matches. And yeah, they absolutely did. Um, also, got to say, off the bat, I had a bad night for predictions. Yeah, I had you a, did I had a it. terrible, night for predictions. I'm, um, I'm kicking myself for talking myself out of uh, two of them because I convinced my, I talked myself out of the Baron Corbin thing, and I talked myself out of the Bobby Lashley thing as well. Mm. Should have listened to Dave, but um, so I had a bad. Bad night for predictions. I am three So you didn't p- call this one? Oh, I got this first one. one. I got this one, but I just wanted to get off the bat. I had a bad night for predictions. Yeah. I'm three points behind you and like five points behind Laurie. So I need to start warming up my uh, vocal cords unless I can have an absolutely stonking fast lane and Wrestlemania and Takeover New York and any other pay-per-views I could try and get my hands on between now and then.
2: Yeah, we're still not even halfway through season one no, and of already so like there's time to bring it back. <laughs> uh, Laurie just continues to be consistently very good at predicting
3: shows. Just go with him. When he's the most idiotic out of all of us. He, well, I wouldn't say he's the most idiotic. He's the one that cares the least.
2: Yeah, maybe that's what you've got to do with WWE predictions.
3: He doesn't watch these shows. Mm. Like, he doesn't watch Raw and SmackDown. He literally just watches NXT. He'll watch bits that we like. Yeah, and and that's really it. (laughs) Well, that's Yeah, we'll just start watching
2: the YouTube clips, and we'll do it that way. Yeah. Uh, But this match, there were some terrific spots in it. There was uh, Akira Tozawa dive through the ropes onto Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy caught him in the dive. Tozawa's legs did not touch the ground. And put him up into a suplex.
3: Deadlift suplex. Oh, oh that was abs- amazing. So good, so so good. I think my only downside to this match, and again, it's the curse of the pre-show. They got it got the shrink stream, shrink screen treatment yeah. as they cut backstage to a, a new day promo, which I thought was really unnecessary. Like, you have got an hour, guys. There is an hour's worth of this pre-show. You could have put this elsewhere. Yeah, I said the exact same thing in my review. I just, I,
2: I don't get it. Like, why? This was a very, very good match. And it does, this was better than having a full screen ad break where here's a bunch of promos for stuff that you're going to see in about half an hour. Like this was just the shrink screen rather than the whole full screen. But it's obvious that the wrestlers know that's happening because straight into a chin lock. When do you see chin locks in 205 live (laughs) matches? So the referee's like, oh, here's the bit where no one's going to be watching you. So just, just stall a bit and do some rest holds. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. I don't. I, yeah. I, don't I mean, I do get. I do get why they do it because you're gonna have most people are gonna be watching the actual match on the pre-show, so you want to push the
3: pay-per-view then. But I, I think it's very disrespectful to these two guys. Yeah, who had some really, really great stuff to the point where I thought. Tazawa might even get the win here. Oh, i never thought that no i i thought some of the some of the spots towards the end particularly when he hit like the the senton through the ropes mm, essentially so buddy good. murphy was kind of like halfway into the ring and murphy hit the center send- uh, murphy tazawa hit the senton then i thought that might be it i thought it was really really cool but eventually murphy's law uh, and the the reign of buddy murphy continues on 205 live well, Corey Graves had a line saying, you know, he's the second longest running cruiserweight
2: champion. At, he's only so many days off beating that. And I thought, ah, that's <laughs> Neville's record. So Buddy Murphy's going to beat Neville's record there you go. quite easily. Yep. Um, so after this, we got just a, a Kevin Owens promo. Did you see this on the pre-show? I did.
3: I was very much skipping through things. Mm. You'd be like, Booker T, Booker T, Booker T, Beth Phoenix, Beth Phoenix, Booker T, Booker T. Ah, there's the match. Yeah. Um uh, on oh, Strowman oh, promo yeah. I could have skipped that yeah. <laughs> and then you're like oh and there's a Kevin Owens there. when I saw Kevin Owens I was like oh, back, okay back up a second. I've got mm. to see what, what Kev's got to say and then I'll watch a, a promo video for Ronda Rousey
2: yeah it was it was it was weird it was, it was Kevin Owens again so on Raw he was at a bowling alley and he was just talking with his friends this one was shot on his mobile phone again in his car and he had some pizza next to him And he was talking about how he's got pizza for his kids to watch Elimination Chamber tonight. Still a month off from being medically cleared. He wants Finn Balor to win the Intercontinental title. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, that's a babyface move. But then he said he wants all the Riot Squad to win all the titles there. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, now you're just being Kevin Owens on Twitter. Yeah. You're being Kevin Owens in real life, which is good. But I I feel like you do have to play a bit more within the rules of wwe continuity when you appear in wwe continuity
3: well i wonder if your face heel dynamic with kevin Owens depends on your opinions of pineapple on pizza i i said in my review it's not really something i feel strongly on i know it's like a big to- it's a, it's a big debate. topic on like i guess social media but if you want it like have it i guess i mean i sometimes i don't want it Sometimes
2: I have it. Yeah.
3: I don't love it. I don't hate it. No. If, it, but if it's there and it's pizza, I'll eat mostly anything on exactly. a pizza. Exactly. If people present to me a pizza and there is some pineapple on it, I'm not going to be like, oh my God, you absolute monster. Slap like, it out of their hand. Throw it in their face. and just going to go like, I mean, am I yeah, okay, I'll just yeah. I'll pick that off or I'll eat it. It doesn't really matter either way. I mean, really, some will tell you that putting anything on a pizza is disrespectful to a pizza. Did you, uh, but not hamburgers.
2: <laughs> Hamburgers in the crust is <laughs> something special. Was,
3: that was Pizza Hut taking things too far. No no no, not Jeez, far enough. Cheeseburgers in the crust of a pizza. What
2: I want was one step too far. I could I, I couldn't sleep properly for three days after I ate that. I was so much fat was coursing through my veins, <laughs> unsaturated fat. What I want is a pizza, stuffed crust of course. Mm-hmm. Then you have a giant patty of a burger that covers the whole area of the pizza and then another pizza on top of that so it's kind of a, so a double calzone. a double burger calzone mm, yeah that's
3: what you're going with yeah. it reminds I just me- eat it like a
2: but I'll still fold that up
3: <laughs> it reminds me of that are oh, you a folder yeah I'm a folder yeah good man uh, it reminds me of that Michelin web sketch where they're talking about their um, uh, toothpaste companies they're like well, what more can we do with, with toothbrushes like we've, we've done everything there is and they're like what if we can get them to brush their tongues All you've got to do is just have a a Scottish scientist that he goes, do you know that 87% of the country suffers from dirty tongue? If we can get them to brush their tongue, we can get them to do anything. That's what the burger and a pizza thing is. They had a meeting. We're like, well, there's nothing else to do with pizzas. We've literally done everything. Have you tried hamburgers?
2: No, no. I I, I completely disagree. I think Pizza Hut are pushing the boundaries. (laughs) By the way, Pizza Hut, if you're watching, you can get in contact with us. Mm-hmm. at ollie at wrestletalk.com, luke at wrestletalk.com. Domino's, if you're out there, any pizza brands who want to sponsor us, that'll be the dream. We, we're sponsored by beer
3: sometimes. Yeah, well, to we're, 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 we're going to be sponsored by beer again on yes. the podcast coming back.
2: It's all good. Anyway, we got distracted by pizza. happens way too much to me, unfortunately, in real life. So the main card.
3: Oh, we got a bit of Mark Henry as well. Yes, because Texas, and he's got a network <clears throat> documentary yeah. uh, that's available now. I and bet that's quite good. I bet you it's very good as yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, then we've got a uh, really, I like the opening video package for this show. I, I, I really enjoyed it where it was kind of telling it from the perspective of the chamber as if it was a real person mm. being like, you've got to get through me if you want to get to WrestleMania.
2: It's that hammy old style of promo that yeah, they used yeah. to do in like between, I guess, 2000 and 2006 yeah I liked it yeah it was fun Uh, so we kicked off with the women's tag team championship elimination chamber match now there was a rumour
3: going round that the Kofi thing changed these plans somewhat this was going to close the show yeah uh, yeah that's what I heard that Vince McMahon was that
2: like all the wrestlers were told backstage this is going on last yeah and then it it turned out to be the men's match
3: yeah I, which I think is probably a smarter move. Yeah. Because um, as much as I did like this, it was it was ropey going to start with. I just I, and I was kind of stunned at how ropey it was in the opening minutes. Considering it was like Bailey Banks, Sonia and Mandy, I just thought them just falling over each other. And I, and I saw, I thought to myself, there are. Eight more women to come into this ring here. This could go very horribly.
2: Yeah, it it was sloppy. It it wasn't super sloppy. I don't think it was as bad as a lot of people are saying. But it was definitely a bit boring. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I I definitely got a bit tedious. And 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 that's not what you want for the first match. I was very fresh. And weirdly, the rest of the show got me more excited. And the the last part of this match did. Um, did you hear the? Corey Graves chance when Carmella came out I did not no Mm, there was a few apparently so of course Corey Graves has been accused by his wife on social media for having an affair with Carmella and another report from Brian Alvarez uh, says that's why Carmella and Naomi were the first to be eliminated and um,
3: the reports from the live uh, people there live was that the commentators didn't get their entrances like they usually do Mm. they just sort of brought them out sort of you know on the sly To try and avoid uh, Graves getting booed. But it's, um, yeah, obviously this is just, it's rumour, it's speculation, it's it's an accusation, uh, I suppose. But it's see. it's in laurie's news right of that person that said like ah oh, this is the moment that Corey graves told the world that he was having a, an affair with oh, carmela oh, is that not in the sorry no. laurie was showing it to me earlier in the studio yeah because that that is not the moment <laughs> <yeah>. have <laughs> he's, you seen he, it yeah he's doing
2: commentary yeah that, and, that's, and that, reacting that's it right? in characters to something byron saxton says
3: yeah byron saxton he's like here are the people and it's my personal favorite miss money in the bank carmela because she was a heel mm. and Corey is a heel and he always put her over because she was a heel. Now she's a baby face. He doesn't put her over anymore. Well, and, and the tweet also said, and look, after he
2: said that, you can see him holding his head in his hands like someone shouting at him over the earpiece. I'm like, that's not what's happening at all. He's... It's because Byron Saxton is talking and Corey, as a character, yeah. does not like Byron Saxton. Yeah, so, but it's all... Uh, I mean, it's it's whatever's going on. It's potentially horrible, but I've got to look at the silver lining. I did predict that Naomi and Carmela would get
3: eliminated first. Yeah, which is one up for this guy. It was funny. It was, and it's the downside to us doing our predictions on the Thursday because when after Friday, like I, t- I turned to Laurie in the office, and I was like, "Carmela and Naomi are going out first. Mm. I, was, <laughs> I was like, yes. like an idiot." I thought it would be the Iconics who went out second, but uh, yeah, I thought it would it. it was definitely going to be Naomi Carmella after Friday. So the show that sorry,
2: this this match was kind of built around will Sasha Banks be able to perform considering all the injuries she's had recently and Bailey's been carrying the load of their team. And they flipped it on the head with Banks really taking it to everyone else and having to save Bailey a lot of the time. It was a nice I I, I like that dynamic of it. Um but you had the iconics who was out first? The, yeah, we Ryan had Riot squad, out, squad first. out first. And, that's, and then we have the Iconics, when everyone was down and they immediately tried to pin people. thought yeah. that was
3: very funny. Now, I have been a big supporter of the Iconics. Mm. I bloody love the Iconics. I think they're tremendous characters. I've really enjoyed their work in NXT. I think they've had a ropey road on the main roster because this is their first pay-per-view since coming up. Unless you ignore, su- well, Super Showdown is technically their first, but this is like their first yeah. proper in-canon pay per view appearance since coming up to the main roster. They weren't even at Money in the Bank, like uh, you know. And you think most people are in that by accident. Um, Lana's been in one, I think. Um, so this is their first time here. I feel like they've gotten worse. Like they were very bad, and I felt I felt bad for them. Mm. And it just feels like, man. You go when you get nothing to do for a year. I guess you just get bad at this because yeah. they were great in NXT, really good. They were they were
2: good at trash talking while they were, moving matches around. Matches were good. I oh no, that. I mean in this match. Oh I like yeah. I, I thought they were doing good character work, but yeah, yes. the, the, it's very sloppy wrestling. There was
3: one of them where Peyton does this knee, and it was like the weakest knee mm. you've ever. Like there was literally no impact to it whatsoever. That's a bit sad. Yeah. Oh well well they were eliminated next. Uh, after No they weren't. Uh, um,
2: uh, after Naomi and Carmela Oh yes, yeah. So yeah, we're so they, going they, pin, yeah they
3: pinned Naomi um and then they were uh then they were eliminated. Yeah. Uh Naomi and Carmella were in for like a hot second
2: really. Yeah. They were they were gone and out really quick. Um, there, there was a nice bit where they all hit finishes on each other, and there was a 10-person down. I yeah. quite enjoyed that That was spot.
3: really good. I, I, and Sonia, in that moment, she was my shining star of that, where she hit that spear. It was yeah, yeah, wicked. Yeah. It was
2: cool. That was the first bit where I started to get into yeah, the match. Yeah, that was And then man. a couple of minutes later, I was fully... That in. was my turning point, too. Uh, because that... And you're like, ah, there's a lot of people in there. Because Jax and Tamina are gonna run through them all. Naya, Jax and Tamina are out last and they they eliminate um the iconics pretty quickly after yeah. they tried to hide in the in the safety so of the pod. Good. So funny funny.
3: They, did, they even did like the friends thumbs up. They were like, Oh friends. Yeah, yeah. I loved it, I it was really funny. Uh and the riot
2: squad, um, they got pinned after that with a pretty cool looking Jack's Samoan drop off the second rope, I think it was. Then Tamina splashed them both. Uh, And then Jack's, as we all know, looking at Braun Strowman, they can't course correct large people when they run.
3: Yes, but what was she running at? Bailey! She was nowhere near her.
2: Bailey did move, but she'd already
3: started in motion. (laughs) It's like, like Bailey was sort of half in the ropes, and Nia Jax just started charging towards her. But Bailey didn't even have to move because Niajax was nowhere near running towards her. She essentially ran at the pod. She thought the pod was a person and charged at them because Bailey didn't have to move whatsoever. It's very disorientating when you're in there. You've got th- this sort
2: of perspex glass. It's at the weird <laughs> angles. You don't know where people are. Okay. Bright lights. So you think
3: it's like a mirror effect? Oh, yeah. She yeah. thought she saw it like the ending of Skyscraper. She yes. That's basically <laughs> what she was in. That really cool, but really pointless <laughs> bit of Skyscraper. That's my favourite moment of Skyscraper. When he introduced this, you're like, oh, okay, well, this is going to play into the third that's act. that I fight guess. Scene. Yeah, that's the fight yeah, scene at that's... the end, is it?
2: Because yeah. <laughs> this serves no purpose. I had a bit of a struggle um, when I wrote my review for this, because I used that joke in in the review. Not the great Skyscraper joke, but the sort of you can't course correct when... Mon- I, I, I went with the verbiage monster wrestlers, mm. but I didn't want to say large wrestlers because it was about women. So I just said monster wrestlers.
3: You don't want to Dave Meltzer this. Yeah,
2: I didn't want to... But, like, she was... She's definitely bigger than everyone else in the ring. And she's booked that way. Yeah. But I still felt
3: uncomfortable recognising that she's...
2: She's large. I I, I feel weird
3: saying it now. Well, I'm going to save you a little bit here because this led to one of my favourite moments of this whole match. To mean the bundle. Which is... Nia Jax just bundles herself through the pod because mm. she's a doofus, apparently. <laughs> and then Nia has this look on her face that says, oh, but I'm rubbish. I am gonna like, I can't do this on my own. And lo and behold, she cannot do this on her own because everyone just completely decimated her and pinned her. Yeah. She yeah. is. Nia Jax is carrying this team in both heat and in-ring work. I liked, I, I liked the idea that Tamina,
2: I think she missed a splash or something, but she's on the ground and then Mandy Rose, Sonia Deville, Sasha Banks, Bailey, all jump on her to pin her, do that like sort of quadruple pin to keep her down. But it also kind of looks like the booking vortex, <laughs> to suck them all into the earth. And that's Tamina was her own downfall.
3: And the yeah, uh, the crowd did sing the uh, the na 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 song mm. to Naira and Tamina. Which I mean, <laughs> look, the Bailey and Banks moment was lovely. I do think having the heels win and having a babyface chase. Is a more interesting story to tell than a moment, but then again, you don't always get to have these nice moments. So, and this was a nice moment. Yeah, I didn't mind it at all. Going no, I didn't this mind way. it really. But it's, just, I think there is an argument to be made for it. That's and what was so good with my prediction.
2: Yeah, but the the last uh, the last two, just like the main event, the last two teams or last two participating forces mm. was really good stuff. And I can't believe I'm saying that about a Mandy Rose match, but she was really good. Deville was really good. Banks and Bailey, of course, uh, are very good by themselves. And they did a nice callback to Elimination Chamber last yeah, year, it was really good. where Sasha helped Bailey up onto the pod to take out one of the uh, Fire and Desire. When last year it was Sasha pushing Bailey off the pod to beat up Alexa Bliss. Yeah. So that was I, I really like that. That was a I good attention a re- to detail.
3: Really, really cool. And then Banks being the absolutely amazing wrestler that she is, she logs in the bank statement because she's been worked over and she can't use her shoulder properly because of the story they've Mm. been telling. She hits this like modified version of the the bank statement to get the win. I thought it was a really, really cool finish. I really, really liked it.
2: I really hope that Banks and Bailey get something from this now because it's just been a year. They have been a joke. They've been a joke for a year about this worst-booked feud of them what I don't I still can't start to that elimination chamber spot you were talking about Well, it it goes back even further I think it's just this again a vortex of nothingness with those two and then they after they became a team they did nothing again just matches against riot squad who are their own version of don't pay attention nothing's gonna happen do you
3: see Liv Morgan's tweet no (laughs) It was on Saturday night. She put up this tweet saying, like, we've been booked against the Bella Twins, Ronda Rousey, Bailey and Banks, blah, 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 and we're booked against them because we're the best, and that's why we're always in these matches. And I was like, yeah, but you lost all those matches, so you're crap then? But they're
2: making them believe <laughs> to get booked there in the first place. But this was this was a really nice moment. Uh, Banks and Bailey were visibly... And I think authentically
3: overcome with emotion. You could hear Beth crying on commentary. Yeah. I thought Corey was really nice about this as well, because Corey's always bit like, he buries banks as, as often as he can do uh, within character. But even he, like, when the match finished, he's just like, You're crying. Yeah. Like I'm, He just goes like, All of a sudden, there's a lump in my throat. Mm. So I thought it was a really nice touch. And the crowd are chanting, You deserve it. I thought it was, it was a really, really nice moment. Lovely. Got to give a shout out to Ride Squad. I know I just saw sort of Barry live a little bit there, but their dive off the pods. Uh, I mm. thought it was really good. They did this double dive, um, but my favourite spot um, of just uh, of miscommunication was they did a spot where Mandy Rose was in the corner and they were going to do a, a catapult of Sonya Deville into Mandy Rose, but Mandy sort of moved out of the way, so Sonya just went into the corner and the commentators went, "She hit Mandy," and then realised they were like, "Oh no, Mandy got out of the way." But uh, my favourite on the spot. But list. my favourite moment of this is when they both hit. Sonya just looked at Mandy with like. What are you
2: doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh so after that lovely moment, we got another lovely moment with the Miz coming out, and he said, I'm going to dedicate this tag title match to my dad, to my wife Maurice, to my daughter, and drum roll, Maurice comes out, their their second child on the way. How exciting. Lovely, lovely news. Lovely yeah. bit of news. I felt like I I I guess like we we get it here with with the viewers and and when people send in stuff to us. I feel like we're a big family. Yeah. And when Miz said that, I felt like I was part of his family. It was that was nice. like that with the Kofi stuff and with Banks and Bailey. This is the correct balance of baby faces and heels on a wrestling show. Yeah. And then you, you then you have like heels getting the stuff. I mean Daniel Bryan won the main event. That's a, that was a heel thing to happen. But As a fan, I don't feel like I've been just beaten down to the extent of
3: not wanting to watch anymore. Baron Corbin, yeah, Um, yeah. I thought it was a a really, really nice moment. And Maurice comes, and then Shane comes out, and they all hug, and it was it was pretty lovely. Really, I was I was really happy for them. Proposal. I did see your note about this, which I I love.
2: Shane's the father. (laughs) That is how we get the McMahon. He'll turn on Miz. Yeah, because he's been sleeping with Maurice. Think how sweaty that man gets while jogging.
3: He was so sweaty in this match. He got sweaty and red-faced. He was so sweaty. Bobby Lashley was backstage going like, he's very sweaty. That man needs a tail. He he is. uh, Can you get him a headband? He is very Mm. sweaty. Byron Saxton also said that the Usos are the longest-running tag team in WWE history. Well, if you count from birth... Well yeah when did they become a tag so team So apparently it's five 5 years they have been a tag team in WWE and that makes them the longest running tag team in WWE Now either I misheard that which you know if I did I, I apologize for but that's what I heard and I was like is that true? That can't be not not with
2: the 80s
3: Well yeah and but how long? how long were they in WWE for like like the Road Warriors came in as the Legion of Doom but they did get they went sort of back and forth with WCW and I don't know, man. Like, is it could be true. Well, let's see what happens
2: after April. I'm sure that. <laughs> so one of the. So what happened in this match was the Usos eventually won, which I was a shock. I think we all had Miz and Shane to retain here. Thought we'd lose them at fast Lane. Yeah, and then on the Wrestling Observer review of this show, they Dave Meltzer pointed out, "Oh, of course they lost. Like, of course they won rather because they don't want the Usos going to AEW." Uh, Reports are that their contracts are up around the April time, like a few other people's are. So it's a revival situation. I was like, of course. Like, the two teams that are in danger of leaving for AEW just just happened to have won tag titles over a week period.
3: Yeah. Raw
2: with the revival last Monday and now here with the Usos. And after the Friday that Jimmy Uso had as well. Yeah, of course. So he was arrested... Uh, no was he, arre- he, he was he was fully arrested, arrested because yeah. he squared up to a police officer um, on on Thursday night so yeah typically that would dictate you're not going to win and Meltzer pointed out this is a very weird time in wrestling because traditionally if you're on your way out of the promotion the last thing that promotion does is put a belt on you yeah. because back in the day they'd be worried about them just leaving with the belt or make, exposing wrestling as not being real it was a huge thing yeah And here you have WWE putting belts on people to kind of
3: make them stay. Because they're belt marks. They're marks for these ugly-looking belts. I mean, I've seen the Revival's Twitter campaign to bring back the, uh, not the classic tag belts, but the tag belts that you and I would have known when we were uh, youngsters. I really hope that they succeed because those belts are so much nicer than... Because those Raw and Tag Smackdown belts are ugly as sin. Yeah, it really fits with their gimmick as well. They're called The Revival. Yeah. As as well
2: with Daniel Bryan's eco belt. So this this match, I was actually a big fan of this match because I thought it told... In terms of in-ring succinctness, I thought this might have been the best told story on the entire show, mm-hmm. which is The Usos... Sure, you're brothers and have been wrestling together forever, but Miz and Shane can wrestle together as a coherent tag team as well. And then it was the Usos who had the miscommunication with the dive uh, crashing in. Well, one Uso crashed into the other. I lose track of which Uso I'm watching. I've got it here. It was Jimmy that took out Jay. Jimmy taking out Jay. I'm sure I've done that wrong in a review somewhere. <laughs> and
3: th- then Miz and Shane capitalized on that, but ultimately the Usos won because the Miz pushed Shane too far. Mm. That's the storyline that they're, they're, they're telling with this, is that Miz gets too into these things, and he keeps telling Shane to go up top and do the elbow, which takes Shane out of the picture. And then Miz has to do things on his own. He gets too excited, he gets too into this. And when he lost, Miz, his acting was great in yeah, this, where yeah, he just yeah. looks so sad, because he dedicated this match to his family, and this, that, and the other. his unborn child. His unborn child. And he just looks at Shane, and he's like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. And later on, there's a, a
2: segment backstage where Shane's getting tended to in the medics room, and Miz is still furious with himself, and Shane's trying to calm him down. So I, it'll be interesting where they go with this team. Uh, I, I love this match. I love this story. I thought it was a, a fun match as well. Uh, that, that great spot where Shane hit one coast to coast, goes up yeah. to hit another in the opposite corner, but gets super kicked in midair. Just, the horrors of was it Survivor Series 2016? Along with Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns, Spear. I get I, gets me, but it was a cool spot. Um, but I just looking back at this rather in isolate, rather than in isolation and as a whole arc. It would have been better if they never won the belts at Royal Rumble, but they keep going up against the bar, against the Usos, against the New Day, just falling short every time, but really proving themselves, and you build towards. A WrestleMania title win, mm. and that's the big payoff. And then that's when you start to sow the seeds of dissension. So it feels like they've told a rushed, sto- a very rushed story when mm. this is really a nine-month story. That it seems like they're telling it in three. You you want WWE to do long-term storytelling hey, though? They do it for they do it for their top people. <laughs> that's what. Well, and he, Shane and is Shane's one a of the top them. Guy yeah, is he's the best, best, best in, the in the world.
3: So I thought this match was. I I, I think I like the story of this match in terms of the acting that Shane and Miz did than anything else. Mm. I like the Usos in the match because I'm a big fan of the Usos. But like, aside from the Shane coast-to-coast spots and Shane doing the elbow, I'm not sure I could recall anything else that happened within the match if I didn't have my notes. I thought it was a a fine SmackDown match, but pay-per-view level-worthy storytelling and furthering that story. Yeah. I mean,
2: I, I... It's Miz and Shane. I wasn't expecting this in-ring classic. (laughs) I I got what I wanted from this. But Shane's the best wrestler in the world. I know, Um, but yeah, it's the Usos are now the SmackDown tag team champions six times. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see where they go from here because they haven't really been setting up anything outside of the Miz Shane stuff, and now Miz and Shane aren't in the title. I mean, does that feud
3: continue? Just do it, as, yeah. Do a rematch at Fastlane, I guess. I mean, automatic really? rematch clauses are antiquated.
2: Yeah, well, they're not. They're not around. No, absolutely. And neither are McMahon heel authority figures.
3: Authority M- figures M- are M- a thing M- of the past.
2: After this, we got Finn Balor taking on both Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush oh, said, for an Intercontinental Title. Page here. Page here, yeah.
3: plugging her movie. Yeah, and Leo and Bobby did a, a backstage interview with Dasher? Question mark. Um asking whether Leo is the weak link in this. Mm. And it was at this point here I was like, Finn's winning. Damn it. I'm an idiot. I'm an absolute idiot for not seeing this coming. Yeah. You're saying that because you did the wrong prediction yes. rather than you wanted a lengthy run for Bobby Lashley. Well, yeah. I mean, Bobby did so much with that belt mm. that he he really needed it longer, I guess. But um yeah, when he's, he's like Leo said, like, I'm not the weak link, but Bobby was like, Yeah, I think you are, mate. And I was like, Dang it, I was totally wrong. <laughs> and that's, I mean, this was a pretty well-told story as well
2: in terms of Leo Rush only tagging in when Balor was down and then tagging out when Balor had kind of recovered. And eventually Rush gets too cocky, Blind tags himself in, and Balor traps him and, and gets the win by pinning Rush. Um, it, it was a, that thats that's a very well told story I mean it's not the story I particularly care about I think it looks stupid when you do it with championship belts the idea that a guy can lose I mean it's different in a three way mm. I don't know
3: why a three way is fine but this this irks me it did, it did it work because like remember Christian when he was in TNA was undefeated for two years but had been champion like twice mm. and he apparently but had never been pinned and never submitted um but with the, the Finn Balor thing, I think what, I sort of, what irked me about this match is that this is Balor winning the belt. But this was 90% one guy dominating the other guy and then them getting a win out of nowhere by pinning a cruiserweight. So I, I, I'm not sure it like a, a didn't feel like a big win for Finn. No one buys into Balor <laughs> on Bobby Lashley's level. Well, that's well, and that's he could make him believe. That's what this match essentially told you. This match told you Finn Balor is proper rubbish. Unless he's up against a cruiserweight, then he's very good. Mm. Um, Yeah, I,
2: I totally get all that criticism. I wasn't a fan of the match itself, although it did what it set out to do. So I just get the belt on Finn. Yeah, yeah. I'm just at the end of this. It's one of those things where I could go either way. I could hate this match and agree with you, or I could just go. Finn Balazin's continental champion. Somehow, this is the only title he's, win, he's won since the Universal title back in Summer 2016, a title he never really lost, and he's champion now. So
3: I'm happy with that.
2: I was on. I was in a good mood.
3: Yeah. No. Yeah. Just fair enough. And like, and I think that the match itself was. I, I didn't particularly care for it much, but yeah. I'm glad to see that Finn is champion. But for me. I think I'm going to err on the side of caution that I would like to see them like grand. Our truth is is United States champion, but like what has that meant since he won it? Like it's Finn at least will get on TV because Raw's got a lot of hours to fill, but it's where we go from here because Lashley didn't seem to care later on in the night that he lost the belt, and also Finn didn't seem to care that his friend Braun Strowman was being beaten down either. But we'll get to that. We'll come on to that, I guess. Uh, after that match, after Bella walked out, Lashley
2: hit a freak accident again on Leo Rush. Not again, but he's used the freak accident before. So this could have been a split. I didn't take it that way. I took it more as I'm a heel. I'm frustrated. I'm gonna beat up my tiny manager. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's I'm not into it. I'm I'm not into it. If they do break up, I'm not into it. If they don't break up. It's just dead space for me, yep. Bobby Lashley, as is all the raw mid card, which again we'll come on to. But what was good was the angles that <laughs> surrounded two minutes of wrestling in Ronda Rousey taking on Ruby Riot. I,
3: it could, she could be in the main event of WrestleMania, mm. Ruby Riot. That is, there is every chance that Ronda Rousey is just, she's looking through Ruby Riot and unfairly so. I mean, pretty quite fairly so. She beat her very convincingly in a matter of minutes. matter of seconds, really. Well, it was, it was under two minutes, but a lot of that was Ruby
2: outside. Ruby stalling. Stalling outside. It was, this was never a wrestling match. It's never been promoted as a wrestling match. It was all promoted as Charlotte's going to be there yep. at ringside watching and Becky Lynch is most likely going to come out. And that's what happened. And that's what I got. Yep. I wasn't disappointed by Ruby versus Rousey because I never bought yeah. into that happening. But I was very pleasantly, not surprised, but they they just had a great angle afterwards. Oh, the With angle these. was so yeah. good. It was awesome. So, so good. So they set this up before the Ruby Riot match. Not doing a video package recap or anything for the, the classic Ruby-Ronda feud. That'd be a... I mean... The WWE's editing department are amazing. Yeah, they could probably pull it off. They could find some like shots from Super Showdown. Oh that yeah, match. they could they could probably make mm. something of it. Yeah, um, but they they showed that live live events actually matter because on the previous night Becky Lynch turned up even though she's suspended at a WWE live show attacked Charlotte but Charlotte kicked Becky's knee and blah blah blah. Yeah, I thought that was a nice way to say hey we do run live shows. And stuff does happen on them. Please come and see them.
3: Yeah, because not many people are at the moment. Yeah, live shows are this weird thing where they are out of con like they're out of continuity shows because despite the fact they'll be building up to a pay per view match in three weeks, they'll have that pay per view match at a house show like this quote first time ever thing. So they kind of sort of out this weird non-continuity thing. But then sometimes if you do go to one, it is a continuity thing. And the storyline is being progressed while we're there. But I actually really liked, I think it was Michael Cole saying that like, when they were showing these rumors, it's like, and rumors have it, rumors have it that Becky left the building on crutches, setting up what would happen later mm-hmm. on. I, I thought it was really, really cool. It added a lot of level of intrigue to this.
2: Yeah. Uh, also, before we get on to the, that angle, Ronda Rousey was dressed a lot better.
3: Well, she was dressed as Sonya Blade, which was in my news on Friday. She is that reve-
2: what it is that what it was? They said that on commentary as well. Yeah. Well, ah, that, well I they, that. they they <laughs>
3: called it MK Eleven rather than Mortal Kombat Eleven. Right. Um which I you know, it's short, I suppose. Um yeah, so she's got her own YouTube series called Ronda on the Road. And she revealed in that video she was talking to someone backstage who I believe is actually Sasha Banks's husband slash boyfriend, that uh she's gonna be dressed as Sonya Blade for Elimination Chamber and for Fast Lane, and then she's gonna go back to regular Ronda Rousey. Um, at WrestleMania, that's a shame. Yeah, because I thought she looked she much looked better. So
2: much cooler here. Yeah, right. I thought she
3: looked awesome uh, because
2: it, and she didn't have the stupid makeup, the stupid pay-per-view eye triangle makeup. I don't. The know. black swan makeup. Yeah, uh, but yeah Ruby made a tap in under two minutes. R- Sorry, R- Ronda, <laughs> we didn't skirt over one of the biggest upsets. In recent times. There
3: were some people who were messaging me going like, do you think it's possible that Ruby could win the belt? Like, yeah. as a, And I was like, absolutely not. Uh, do you want to build up Ronda for all this time to have Ruby Riot beat her a month out from WrestleMania? I don't think so, mate. Uh, but
2: Ronda, Ronda did, of course, win. And then Charlotte got in the ring afterwards. And then Becky, so slowly walking through the crowd, hobbling through the crowd, barely getting over the barricade, barely getting into the ring on these crutches. How did she get past security?
3: I don't know. <coughs> well, they, they were saying in commentary that she'd bought a ticket. But she climbed the barricade. Well, she, But she's also a wrestler, though, isn't it? It's like, okay. the, it's like the gronk. So this was very, very cool. But that that woman
2: tried to stop the gronk, uh, <laughs> yeah, incorrectly, so. This was this was good stuff. But that there was a severe logic hole there. Like there wasn't even any referees running down until she'd finished assaulting both of the unsuspended talent. So Charlotte's there. All
3: right, Michael Cole.
2: <laughs> Charlotte's there. Becky's looking at her, and then St- Becky starts wailing down on Charlotte with this crutch. Rhonda's looking on smirking, like being almost, huh, this is what happened to me at Survivor Series with the kendo stick, up yours, Charlotte. And then Rhonda picks up the, the crutch. So Becky has a crutch, Rhonda has a crutch, and for a moment I thought, we're getting a lightsaber battle. Oh,
3: yeah, they're going to be sitting there Yeah,
2: But instead they both turned, they looked at Charlotte, and they're like, okay, let's both beat down Charlotte because neither of us like her. And I thought, that would be fine. That's that's a great angle. They made it even better by having Becky turn on Ronda and beat up Ronda before she could even get a strike in on Charlotte.
3: There wasn't even like, yeah, hit her a little bit. It was boom, and oh, you, taking you out right away. You idiot, you turned your back. Brilliant stuff. I thought Becky was really, really cool here. And then security ran down. The crowd are going nuts. They're chanting for Becky, Becky. Like, even during the, quote, match between Ronda and Ruby, there were chants for Becky. Mm. Like, it's it's incredible... It's a bizarre thing, the Becky Lynch thing. I was thinking about this over the weekend. The Becky Lynch thing I find very, very bizarre in that she is clearly the most over person in this company. I, I would argue she's the most over person in this company, possibly just just above Kofi Kingston at this point. And you could argue she's the most in over person in, in wrestling full stop. mm And yet, when they built a whole show about her on Raw, they had the biggest drop-off of viewers. Like, that third hour was one of the lowest watch of of the year. And you're like, it it doesn't... The things just don't sort of correlate, do they? It's really bizarre.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm hoping it's because people are so disinterested in WWE. And that this is is symptomatic of years of bad, ineffective booking. Not so much a snapshot in the moment. But how can you tell? Uh, I just hope Vince McMahon doesn't look at those numbers and
3: think, ah, it's not working. That, that That's my worry about the whole thing. But I thought, like, I thought Becky was really good. The only thing I didn't like about the segment was Michael Cole.
2: And that after this really hot thing that happened, really you want to sort of give us a break and go, okay, here's a video package while we try and gain control at ringside. Send Lacey Evans out for a second. Instead, Baron Corbin's music hit right away and it just, Brought me crashing down <laughs> like Hulk Hogan's entrance music, yeah. and I just thought, "Oh God, damn it! I forgot this match was on the card."
3: I can't believe this was ahead of it. In all fairness, but I, I, I do want to talk about the Michael Cole thing because mm-hmm. Michael Cole was burying Becky Lynch in this segment, and it felt so, so unlike a face commentator should be doing. Like if this was Austin with Jr. JR would be putting this over as a big thing and being like, the fans are all behind Becky, the face commentator is with the fans, and we're all cheering this guy as our hero. But Michael Cole's sitting there going, like, she is awful. She's the worst. She's a terrible person for doing this. She's suspended. She should be at home. She should be this, that, and the other. And I'm like, why would your face commentator do that? It's fine when Corey does it. He's the heel. But having Michael Cole do it was really weird. Cause then you have just got Renee Young as a lone wolf there at ringside. So, speaking of Aaron Corbin, the lone wolf on the commentary desk, going like, "This is this is great. Becky's awesome." Yeah, I think well, it's because Cole.
2: I, I'm not condoning this. I'm just Pritchard in the situation and explaining what I think's happening from their point of view. Cole isn't the play-by-play. He he isn't the babyface commentator. He's the play-by-play guy. He is WWE's voice. And Becky is breaking WWE's rules. I see what you're saying, yeah. So he is on WWE's side, whereas Corey's the heel, Renee's the face. I don't think it works either. (laughs) I'm just trying to make some sense (laughs) of what they're doing. Oh,
3: uh, Ronda was bleeding from the head as well.
2: Oh, yeah. those. uh, Well, it's because she was flopping around when Becky was doing the... The crutch shots, as far as I understand it, you've mm. got to stay relatively still. That's yeah. how Mustafa Ali got busted open with Randy Orton doing the, do, doing stomps, the stops. Yeah. Um, but she was, you know, re- going... She's too good at selling that <laughs> she actually busted herself open.
3: <laughs> yeah. So... Yes, yeah, here we let, go. Well, here we go. It's Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin in a no-DQ match in really an angle that could have been saved for Raw.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the, This. the only reason this was on here was for the piss break but that makes no sense because they played about four video packages for WWE, Shop, WrestleMania, Fastlane, had a Miz and Shane backstage segment, and this weird Lacey Evans thing after it. This was completely unnecessary, and it went
3: on for ages. Oh, so long.
2: How much better would this show have been if it was half an hour lighter? And this is the first thing you cut.
3: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Like The beatdown just kept going on and on and on. Made worse by the fact that Michael Cole's on commentary going like, it's just like Raw a few weeks ago when they took it. And I was like, I know it's just like Raw. I've seen this so many times, Michael Cole. And Corey Graves is going,
2: Braun Strowman's got no friends. (laughs) But he does. does. I've seen them. They (laughs) They help him out routinely.
3: (laughs) I was like, where's Cat Angle? Where's Finn? I even wrote down at one point in my notes, where's Finn? And I thought, get rid of that note. You're an absolute idiot. Of course Finn's going to come out and save him. So I, I got rid of that note. And then, they, then the segment ended and I was like, no, r- really, where was Finn? Bobby came out. Bobby came out to help his friend. He's celebrating on that Intercontinental title money. Guess so. so what
2: happened, it was Corbin versus Strowman. It was an ODQ match. They did some fun stuff like Braun caught a giant desk chair. Braun also caught a kendo stick and said, "What
3: did he say?" He said, "I don't need kendo stick to whip your ass."
2: Yeah, so that was cool. And there was a a running power slam through a table, and that and that's when Drew McIntyre's music hit. Bobby Lashley turned up, and that these three heels just beat down Braun Strowman. I I just don't get why they're a team still. Like, what have they ever done? A mission statement? Bobby Lashley had just gone through some things earlier, and now he's seemingly fine. Uh, I I didn't like this at all. Braun lost, which I don't think is good for, like, he has just been flattened out over the last six months, systematically chipped away at any bit of momentum he had. And it's crazy that a triple powerbomb on Braun Strowman, through two tables stacked, one on top of each other, off the steel steps, was greeted... By me with a huh? That's a cool spot. That's the sort of thing I would have spent ages trying to bug out.
3: No mercy to do. Yeah. In in my youth. My question was though, why did they hit a triple power bomb on Braun? I
2: think because you add Dean Ambrose to Braun's team. I know, but he's already
3: got a team.
2: I don't know. I don't know. Well, Ballard <laughs> might be doing a new. Th- I
3: not I don't know. It was all bad. It was all bad. This segment. Yeah, this was a this was a Raw angle that would have closed a show four months ago when Baron Corbin was at fault for Raw being bad, and, and we would have been disappointed then. Yeah, but here it was on on pay per view, just wasting time. This felt like a waste of time. Yeah, and this show wasn't even that long. It was only about three and a quarter hours, but it would have been it would have benefited from being shorter without this and the Lacey Evans thing. Yeah, do you want to talk about the Lacey Evans thing? Yeah, so we had the the Shane segment, as you mentioned earlier, and then Lacey Evans' music hits. And Lacey Evans hasn't been seen on TV really since she got called up and she then, you know, was at the Royal Rumble. So when her music hits, I didn't know whose it was. Then she walked down to the ring. Well, no, she didn't. She walked out and then she turned and she walked back. And they, they cut to another video. And that was it.
2: And they didn't really explain it or go, oh, I guess like she's we're not good enough for her or the reason she... Or like Corey Graves wasn't going, oh, brilliant! She hasn't come out here because it's all the horrible people in Texas. Or there wasn't any interview backstage with Lacey Evans afterwards. I haven't been on WWE.com, Job so maybe that was one on there was YouTube. Uh, of her explaining why she hasn't she's just had a single tweet explaining this and it is because it's what you would expect i'm too good for a pay-per-view why would i show my face on that and that's not how usually you save yourself
3: for the pay-per-view
2: that's that's faulty logic wrestling's never been
3: built that way i want to be on free tv yeah
2: You know, you never get heels going, well, I'm going to wrestle every week on free TV because I'm not going to make you pay money to... It doesn't work!
3: Yes, going to say, you get a pay-per-view payday when you get onto pay-per-view. That's where you want to be. Yeah. Um, that She has no video on WWE.com. So this was... Or on YouTube at the very Very least. similar to that Elias segment
2: um, on the- last week's Raw, where they kept interrupting him singing songs with video packages, but it, it wasn't very well visually conveyed or explained what was happening so it just came off as confusing and
3: like production
2: botches and, if, and it yeah. leaves you having to
3: fill in the blanks and explain what's happening if she does this again on raw that's her character then mm. she is just gonna have weeks of just coming out turning around and going back That'll get her over. Yeah, so we've got
2: Lars Sullivan's gimmick is not being around at all. We've got Lacey Evans' gimmick is walking down to the ring halfway and then leaving. And we've got EC3's which is a mute and Otis Dozovich's is, is, ho- is being a horny gremlin. Yeah, those WWE call-ups worked really well everyone who said we were being too negative. <laughs> hey Luke, what would you say if I said to you blood, sweat, tears, pain? Full throttle, high octane, making moves, taking names, cruising down that fast lane. Fear, facing, dream, chasing, now or never, no dream wasting. Fueled up and my heart's racing, time's up, no second placing. It's WWE, fast lane,
3: baby. I'll be honest, I'm amazed I didn't get more people sending me messages going like, teasing Adam Cole, aren't they? Well, I didn't think of that until you just said it. Yeah, because it's it's spelled baby
2: in the title card. It's spelled baby, not bay bay. Well, I
3: know, but still, bye. Subtle, subtle, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, it's funny. It's you came in and you you said this to me in the office, and I guess. WWE paper. This looked like every video that WWE do for their pay-per-views. So it didn't really <laughs> affect me. This wasn't like best best of both brands because it wasn't the stars themselves singing it. This was just. This could have been a pay-per-view advert for Helena cell and i'd been like, yeah, that sounds about right. But most
2: pay-per-view adverts get Pitbull or Flow songs. Not in the early stages. That comes later. I don't know, but Fastlane isn't a big five that you start selling with with its own. It's song. only
3: three weeks or two weeks, like two or three weeks
2: away. I I I think this is brilliantly awful. <laughs> uh, I think it, it just stinks of a load of white businessmen in a room <laughs> going raps hedgy, isn't it?
3: Yeah.
2: Let's make a rap, an original rap, for a pay per view we're selling, where they have to say WWE Fastlane. Not yeah. fast lane. It's WWE fast lane in the
3: lyrics. It's like the the uh, <laughs> the Wrestle Rock Rumble all over mm. again. Um, the, what I would say about this is that at least we know what's probably going to win the poll when it comes up for what song the loser has oh, to yeah. do in the predictions video. Well, it's mercifully short, so yeah. uh, we'll just have to do it three times in a row. It's sorry, I, sorry,
2: you'd have to do it three times in a row. Yeah,
3: it's it's this or Lacey Evans theme song is is what mm. I'm thinking at the
2: moment. Well, we've already covered the main event, but it was more from a Kofi sign of things. So we'll just go through a little bit of the the match itself. Uh, it it was it was really good was even so good. before the Brian and Kofi yeah. stuff. I so Samoa Joe and Co, uh, Samoa Joe and Daniel Bryan started off the match, which really is my own the only thing I would change. I'm not saying it was bad because I I like the way it played out, and that shot battle between Joe and Bryan was quite yeah. horrific, quite awesomely horrific. Brian had welts on his chest. Oh, within like five minutes of this match starting. And they stayed until the end. Yeah. He's got a great chest for that, has he? Yeah, Daniel really been. good. Really good hue yeah. to the colour. Not as good as Seamus's, but you, you want to be paler to make that red pop. Yeah. Uh, but I I just don't see the reason for having Joe start this match because Joe's character very much lends itself to leave him until the end. And he comes down and destroys everyone for a bit. That's the Randy
3: Orton spot, mate.
2: Well, at least have him as the second to last entry. Kofi Kingston's character, and the way the story was told on Tuesday, entirely
3: lends itself to starting matches and running till the end. See, I thought this as well, but I figure it's because they did that spot in the women's match. Because they started, they ended with the two teams they started with. So I guess that they didn't want to do that again for the men's chamber of starting with Brian and Kofi and ending with Brian and Kofi because that's it's control C, control V. So I guess that's why they did it. It Although, doesn't stop them elsewhere. I would, but I, if that's if that is me pre this situation and saying that's why they did it, then change the women's match. Then yeah. do it, do a different one there. Yeah,
2: because you look at like what's got more upside: having Fire and Desire start that match and end the match. In, in the women's chamber or have Kofi go all the way make it a really like neat story compared to how the gauntlet match was and them ending the match to get like the chamber match together yeah I agree. I, 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 I don't get that at all I think it would have been a lot more effective with Kingston but we got this great Joe and Brian stuff which was really really it was awesome Like it was, it felt like a throwback to 10 oh, years totally. ago.
3: it really was
2: it was ring of honor all over again and um, just run through some good spots kofi did this amazing uh sort of leapfrog over the turnbuckle to get onto the top of a pod where brian was hiding and then he chases him across the rule the wall and does this hope dive Does the plunge yeah back off the chamber wall very high up onto joe and brian joe threw himself <laughs> under him like, that,
3: Joe took all of that that yeah. was, like great work from him it was really really cool uh, Styles got in and he hit the he does his moonsault DDT onto Brian but also grabs Kofi and hits like a double DDT thing I think there were a lot of people who were figuring that we were going to continue a Brian-style storyline but, yeah. uh, but it really doesn't seem that's uh, if anything they're going to be going with AJ Randy yes who was it
2: that reported AJ Randy uh i can't remember was it fightful
3: i can't I can't remember the i can't remember but that was the one they said it was going to happen at, at mania and that yeah. seems to be the direction they're going if if this match is anything to interviewably be because uh Randy eliminated Styles from the match mm. yeah with an r k o from the springboard position of the phenomenal forearm I like that you just dragged him down for us. Yeah, it yeah really
2: cool. really cool um and a j hit a phenomenal forearm onto Brian climbing around the chamber walls as well yeah. there's some really cool spots really in this cool match
3: stuff. Joe was the first person out though
2: that's another thing like i d- i don't get i don't get that part of it either no like who I feel like joe's annoyed someone backstage he's not getting
3: a fair shake of the great work he does as as a character and on his promos yeah. Like he got nothing out of that AJ feud mm. that went on forever. Like he got, despite the fact that he was really over as a heel, nothing ever came of it. He didn't. I don't recall anything that he did City big in the Royal Rumble. And then he's just been really, really great on TV. But as soon as he gets onto pay per view, he's the first out at Survivor Series in like thirty seconds. Yeah. He's the first person out here, and it's like, and then Jeff comes in and Jeff's out virtually immediately. It's like, well, why didn't Jeff just go out first then? Mm.
2: Yeah, I don't get it. Jeff had a, a good spot where he hit a swan swanton bomb off the, the pod, off the top of the pod, onto AJ Styles,
3: who was draped over the top turnbuckle. It was better than when he did the poetry in motion and just la- put all of his weight onto Brian's leg. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that was... And Brian
2: sold his leg <laughs> a little bit afterwards. That was worrying, but seems all okay. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, Kofi... It was Kofi who hit the trouble in paradise on Randy to eliminate Randy. And I thought that was just that it's poetic that felt justice. nice from, yeah. from the ten years ago when Kofi was about to break through into the main event, but for whatever reason he was feuding with Orton, but reportedly, allegedly, Orton said he just didn't want to work with them anymore.
3: No, he's wanted to put over legacy instead, which he did by beating them at WrestleMania. <laughs>
2: yeah, so but that that Kofi Trouble in Paradise, Elimination of Randy. I felt really helped the crowd buy into yeah. Kofi for the last 15 minutes where that excellent stuff we've already talked about had. So, Luke, I don't know if you know, I gave this five out of five. Really? Gave it a best of both worlds rating. I thought it was... It had... I, say, I always say you've got to have three amazing bits. And you had Kofi, you had the inaugural women's title win, and you had the Becky segment. Hmm. And you got Finn Balor as champion as well. I really enjoyed the show. I really enjoyed the Usos match too. Um, the only massive, complete botch really was that Corbin Strowman match, which I'm willing to look past. Yeah, I mean, no,
3: fair enough. I'd have gone four out of five. Mm. Uh, I thought it was a great purview because I, I loved both of the opening matches and I loved the Becky segment. But I thought that sort of everything in between that I was like the lovely like sandwich. Bits of your bread, so I thought some of the filling wasn't as nice as it probably should have been. Every time I was buying into, it, I'm like, "Oh, this bread is delicious," but oh, this filling's a bit, it's, been a, bit, empty. it's a bit bland. Yeah. there's a bit nothing to this, and something's gone off. And something's gone off, and I feel like my time is being wasted. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, so I'd have gone great purview, just around those so opening two matches, or at least Bailey and Banks winning the three bits that you mentioned. But I thought that a lot of it was a bit draggy mm. and a bit and a bit
2: pointless. Um, you've got the final scores there. So for our predictions, mm-hmm. you had three.
3: Corrects. I got three out of. Oh. I got three correct, and you and Laurie both got five. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I that puts me on eight points overall for Wrestle League. You on eleven, and Laurie on thirteen. And so, wow. so I, I mentioned earlier that I talked myself out of going with Baron Corbin, and I talked myself out of going with Bobby Lashley. Even if I had gone those, I'd still be last. Mm-hmm. Like I have had a dreadful run of this in 2019. I'm on a poor run of form at the moment. We're
2: only two shows in. Still still, at least three to go. Well, That,
3: that also includes like Rumble, I did very badly with. I did bad with TakeOver Phoenix, right? Yeah, and lost I did, and the, I did yeah. bad with uh, NXT UK TakeOver as well. Um, Impact Homecoming I did brilliantly with. That almost saved me, really, because mm. my run of form has been diabolical as of late.